All right, welcome back to the Truth Channel Inspired. If you're new here, this is a media source dedicated to bringing truth to practical subjects. And I will say that every truth we discuss on here is biblically sound. However, you don't have to be a Christian to be listening. Um, I really think everybody can connect with these topics that we discuss. And if you aren't Christian, I think you'll be surprised to see how much naturally our human tendencies line up with God's word, which kind of makes sense because he created us. So um, yeah, stay tuned. Today, I'm just going to be sharing a little bit about my story and my experience with alcohol as I've just turned 21. Woo! But yeah, and I really just want to be really real and honest with you guys because I feel like there is a lack of discussion about this subject specifically within my age group, which I wanted to share with you guys kind of what my experience has been and why I stand where I stand today. So stay tuned for that. I Lindsay Frederick promise to know the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So I just want to start this out by establishing what the Bible actually says about drinking and about alcohol, because I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about um, God and alcohol and that relationship. And so I want to establish that first so that you can, you guys can better understand why I made the decision that I did and why God um, says what he says about this subject. So I think the lie that a lot of people um, believe is truth is that if I'm Christian, I can't drink. Or if I believe in God, I'll never have a sip of alcohol again because I can't. He won't let me, you know? And that's not the case. That's not what the Bible says. Alcohol is not a sin. A sin is anything that comes between us and God. And so drinking itself is not a sin. In fact, you see Jesus himself drinking wine with his disciples um, as a form of communion and community. And he also is at this wedding, and one of the first miracles he um, does is he turns water into wine at a wedding. So to me, that's a very clear indication that alcohol is not a sin in itself. However, it can become a sin. It can begin to separate us from God, depending on how we choose to use it. And this is very clear within the Bible that God asks us to not become drunk. He kind of sets this boundary of, okay, like, yeah, have a glass of wine, have whatever, but please do not become intoxicated. And so let's just kind of look. I'll show you where I'm finding that in the Bible so you guys can go do your own research if you're interested. Ephesians 5.18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery or corruption, but be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5.21, Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Proverbs 4.20 Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Proverbs 23, 29-35, this one's a little bit longer, but I really like the picture it paints of like just the state of drunkenness and um, kind of like where your mind's at. And so it says... Do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. I, I don't know what an adder is. Apparently, it's something that stings and just stinging is not good. So, uh, a negative thing. <laughs> your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. You'll be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but it, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. So these are just a few verses within the Bible that talk about this subject. 
but I think it's pretty clear with these that there is this, this line, this boundary that God asks us not to pass. And why is this? Why does God have this boundary? A lot of people believe it's because, oh, God doesn't want me to have fun. God wants to take away any excitement or joy I, I can have in this life. And, and that's a lie. That is not the true heart of God because God is loving. And I think as we go back and we're going to kind of break down these verses, you'll see that the true heart of God and why he puts his, these boundaries on us is because he loves us. So let me just, let's just think about this for a minute. When we cross that boundary, when we choose, okay, tonight I'm going to go out and I'm going to drink and get drunk. What happens? Suddenly there's risk for things like addiction to, to begin to creep in. There's room for drunk driving, violence, um, slipped words, puking, um, regretful decisions, tears, passing out, and guys, even death, you know, that sounds really dramatic, but that's a real thing that, that happens when people drink too much. And so um, let's go back to these verses, and even these verses are kind of pointing towards these, these things. Um, Proverbs 4.20, wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, you'll be led astray, it's not wise to drink. You know, like, I don't want to be a mocker, I don't want to be violent and a brawler, um, but when I drink, you know, you're more likely to. Some people are led into those things. Proverbs 4.23, 29-35, through 35, verse 33 specifically says we utter perverse things. Yep, I mean... <laughs> Regretful things have come out of my mouth for sure in those states of minds. Or talking about, um, I was not hurt. Um, I, I did not feel anything. You know, we're numbing ourselves to the human experience, to realities around us. And that's not how God created us to live. He wants us to be in this position of like experiencing the world he created for, for us. And if you're using alcohol to numb pain or numb, you know, whatever it is you're trying to numb, if that's why you're using alcohol, that's also an issue because we're not learning to... Uh, properly process through our issues to actually be free from those. Another one says, I must have another drink. You know, it's it's alluding towards that that addiction that can start. And you see that is traumatic for many, many people is um, alcoholism. And that's a hard thing to break. You might be like, well, Lindsay, there's lots of fun things too that come along with drinking. And I'm, yeah, there is. Like, I get it. Being drunk is fun. It feels good. But my question for you is like, is it really worth it? Is it worth that risk of like, okay, I'm going to have fun. At the, at the risk of like, I might puke tonight, I might tr crash my car, you know, all these negative things that could come along with it. Is it worth the risk? To God, it's not. Um, he loves us so much that he would never want to condone something and be like, yeah, that's okay. If it could potentially lead us into something that is ultimately going to harm us, you know, put us in harm's way. And so that's why he puts these boundaries on us. It's not to keep us for fun, from having fun or anything. It's, it's to protect us. It's out of provision. I wouldn't want to worship a God that's like, yes, go drink, go get drunk, go have fun. You do you. Like that to me would be like, he doesn't love us. He doesn't have my best well-being in mind. Like, why would I worship him? He clearly doesn't care about me if he's going to allow me to go out and do this thing that led me to this horrible thing that happened in my life, you know? And even, and even as humans, I feel like we have these boundaries. Like, I don't think any loving parent would just be like, yeah, you go put your hand on that hot stove, you know? We're going to we're going to protect our children and give them these boundaries so that they're, they are protected. And, and I see that in God when he asks us not to become drunk. So it really is truly out of love that he, he has these boundaries for us. And it's not because he doesn't want you to have fun. It's just because he wants to protect you from the potential dangers that we see happen when people are intoxicated. So when does it become sin? when we're drunk and we're acting out in ways also that are continuously leading us um, 
away from God. And so that's the foundation that I just wanted to start with. So now that we're all on the same page about what God says, I'll, I'll just kind of jump in to my experience with alcohol. Okay, so I just want to like clear the air. I was never like an alcoholic or anything. I never had um, issues like that. However, alcohol like definitely played a really big part and still is playing a part in my uh, walk with God. And so today that's going to come up a lot just because if it weren't for my relationship with God, I, I wouldn't stand where I am today with alcohol. And so um, I started I started drinking pretty young, uh, sophomore year of high school. And I remember actually I was in a really solid friend group and um, I was kind of like the Christian friend in the group. And so I remember my, my friend group, um, sophomore year, started to to drink and um, I was like not invited because they knew oh like Lindsay probably wouldn't drink with us she probably wouldn't have fun so like I started to get left out of things because of uh, my beliefs I remember one time I hung out with them and I remember them talking like oh my gosh last night was so fun because they had been drinking the night before and they're like last night was so fun oh my gosh laughing about all these stories and I was just sitting there like oh like I wasn't there kind of like feel like I missed out for sure felt like, felt like I missed out and then all of a sudden this comment was made and it was like well we still have half a bottle left and then it was just silent and I felt so much pressure because I was like oh my gosh like they had all this fun the night before and they feel like they can have a, another really fun night but I'm ruining the fun because I'm the one that's going to stop them from drinking and so I felt like so much pressure to like just just do it you know and at this point I didn't understand why I believed what why what I believed you know and this is what I'll say is like if you don't understand the why behind your beliefs you're not going to stick to the those beliefs very long and that's exactly what happened to me I was like I don't know why I can't drink I don't know why God says that like I don't see a problem with it clearly they're having so much fun and you know in my head it was kind of more of a rule of like don't drink because I don't want you to have fun you to have fun that was where kind of my mind was at because I was there I was I remember I was just like okay like we can drink go get the bottle and like my friends were like what um so yeah that night was the first time i drank it, it was totally chaotic but one thing i remember about it is like it was like suddenly i i had access you know it was like now i'm part of those talks the next morning where oh last night laughing and, and like i'm included in that and suddenly i also can relate to all these people around me um at school that do that that drink and like when they talk about this feeling like I get it I get it now and it it felt good it felt good to be included and because of that I remember I was getting invited to more things you know suddenly I was going to these parties that I wouldn't have before because there's alcohol there you know so alcohol really played a role in like my social life and everybody desires a social life we are social beings created for relationships so of course like we're gonna desire to be included and be in those relationships and alcohol was kind of one way where I found, you know, I could be included because all these other people did it and it was something to do together. And so it really appeals to that highest desire within us as humans to be in relationship. It's just, you know, what what quality of relationship is it leading us into? And I remember I began thinking like, oh, people like me better when I'm drunk. Guys specifically like me better when I'm drunk. This is huge, I think, for girls. Um, the attention that we get when we're drunk from guys is a huge appeal to drink or at least it was for me because I was like oh like they give me attention and it feels good and I feel pretty they cheer me on when I'm drinking like all these things that just took that it affirms this need for and desire for relationship and love and attention 
so that year actually is when I, I don't know if some of you have listened before on the podcast, but I've definitely talked about this guy um, that I was in a relationship for with for like five years. Uh, this is when that relationship started. And I was going to call him John Doe, but I felt like that was really aged and like everything would be like John Doe. So for the, for the sake of this and modern times, I'm going to call him John B, which is really funny um, if you know who he is. But so John B, this is when that relationship started with him actually is like because one night we both were drinking and, you know, things were said and um, that started a relationship. Little did we know that it would last until our 20s and it was not a healthy relationship, you know? And so again, that just affirmed like, oh, when I'm I'm drunk, like he likes me better. And so it was, it was another thing that like made me want to continue to drink. And so that whole year kind of, I was never really drinking for myself. I was drinking to be included, to, um, to make people like me. Uh, because I was drinking for others and I was really seeking after others giving me that attention and finding fulfillment in others like um, I I just kind of gave up on God I kind of gave up on that whole idea and I really was like I'm just this this feels better it feels better to drink it feels better to be included and if I choose God oh well he has that rule that I can't drink so then I'll, I'll be disincluded again and I don't want that so I specifically remember walking into my friend's house one time and I was just like yeah I don't really think God's real and I went in and drank and whatever, you know? And so at that point I had definitely chosen to pursue after that kind of stuff rather than God. And looking back on that year, it was definitely one of the lowest points of my life. And I didn't really know I was in it because it became so normalized, that feeling of consistent like need for um, attention and affirmation from others, it, it just became normalized. Like I forgot that what it felt like to know, you know, have rest and security and love from God because I was just so, so caught up and it was so normalized because everyone around me was doing it. Junior and senior year was a little bit different. Um, at this point, John B and I had kind of like separated friend groups. And so now I just had this friend group of, of girls. And so my intentions for drinking now weren't so much like I want to drink for him to like me I want to drink because people like me better it was more like oh I have this solid group of friends and I just drink now because I want to have fun like I was claiming it as my own action and at this point also I I started to get back involved at the church I never I never really fully left the church like in person I would still go sophomore year sometimes but definitely in my heart and in my head I was like I don't I'm just kind of here for show you know it was like Saturday night I'd be at a party and Sunday I'd show up and be like here I am, you know, do it for because I thought it was the right thing to do. I thought it was a good thing to do is to go to church. So I did. And that that is what made me be a good person. You know, I was kind of in that mindset. And that's why I went. And so at this point, though, junior and senior year, the mind, I started to be like, okay, that I started to see how dark of a year that sophomore year was and, and kind of start uh, coming back to God a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> and but then still, there was this huge, I really feel like I allowed drinking to to come between God and I. And so uh, because I didn't want to give up drinking and the social aspect of it and all this stuff, I started to justify it to God and be like, well, God, like if I'm drinking for myself, it's fine. If I'm drinking because I want to, it's fine. Or if I'm drinking with this intention, it's fine. You know, as long as I'm not drinking to um, get attention from a guy or as long as I'm not drinking to fit in or as long as I'm not drinking to cope with my social anxiety, um, it's fine. And this is kind of something I want to talk about as well. Social anxiety was something that I didn't realize that I struggled with, but I definitely do a little bit even still today. Uh, and back then it, it was like, 
it was a huge part of my life that I remember I didn't even know like really what it was. I just remember sitting in psychology class and they started talking about it and I was like, wait, that's me. Wait, that's me. I identify with that. Like, yep, that's me. Oh, oh, okay. I think I have social anxiety a little, but when I drink, it goes away. That voice in my head, that's like, everybody's watching me. What am I doing? Like really scared to initiate conversation, anything. I was very scared of, of people. And that in the Bible is called fear of man. Um, and so I would drink to cope with that. And the fear of man just like flooded my mind when I thought about going to a social event without having alcohol. So yeah, I was I was using alcohol as like a crutch to not properly deal with this fear of man. But it felt so good to just have a, a second or a couple hours or a night without that feeling. And so I get the appeal. I get the appeal and the, the desire to drink, uh, especially if you have a little bit of social anxiety or even not. I feel like for everyday people, like that's an appeal to just loose, loosen up, lay back. And because it is so much easier, like we were talking about earlier, to engage with people around you um, when you are drinking and to, and to feel like you are in solid relationships. And so, and so at this point, that kind of like stopped me and I started to reflect on like, why do I drink? And, and, um, and I realized that a lot of, there was a ton of reasons that weren't the healthiest reasons within me. And to this day, I, I truly believe everybody gets drunk for a reason, and usually those reasons aren't the healthiest reasons. There, There's a reason we choose not to stay sober. Why is that? Like, why are we going to parties and we're like, yeah, I, I feel the need to get drunk right now. What What is the deep, deep-rooted reasoning behind that? Is it, it could be like you're coping with social anxiety, depression, or even something is like, I feel like I have to, I feel this social pressure too in order to be included like something as simple as that is still a reason that is is kind of toxic you know and so I realized with this within myself and I started to look at the people around me I was like is, is everyone else drinking for this reason like what what are their reasons and I, I be, started to become really reflective when I would get drunk and what I started to realize is in my mind it was like a a 70 30 like 70 percent of the time it wasn't really actually that fun um it was a lot of getting to the destination going to the party trying to get more drunk and then like maybe talking dancing for like five ten minutes and then cops show up or you know girl my friend's puking in the bathroom i have to go take care of her or you know i'm the one puking in the bathroom you know it was like 70 percent chaos like 30 maybe less percent fun and every morning i would wake up and i'd be like unsatisfied with the night before like ah, oh, like maybe next time will be more fun maybe next time and I found that like the funnest part guys that I thought about going out was like the get ready part because there was this anticipation and this hope that like the night was gonna be super lit and super fun and then you get there and it's like eh, this is kind of disappointing so you, you know like you drink you think like drinking more is gonna help but it doesn't and then because it wasn't that fun you're like well maybe I just wasn't at the right place and so you try again the next morning you try again the next night and you try again the next night and you might be like well Lindsay you're just going to the wrong places and I'll say no I've definitely been to concerts clubs all those things and yeah those were fun but again Again, it was it was a lot of chaos and the next morning I woke up unsatisfied and another thing I realized that was playing into this uh, lack of satisfaction was the social media and the pictures and I feel like this is something that is not talked about and I don't know why so I'm gonna talk about it because it's super frustrating and it's super misleading um, I started to get really frustrated because I would be on social media and there would be pictures of these girls and guys like looking like they were having so much fun. And so then I'm sitting there feeling like I'm missed out and that I need to go to a party and get drunk because then I'll have a time like that. And so that's how I felt inside, this need to do those things because then I'll have fun, then I'll be happy. That is what those pictures were speaking to me. So I would get to these parties, the same ones that these people are attending, 
and it's not a fun party. Like, we're standing around, the music's too loud to talk to anyone, and we're spilling alcohol, you know, like chaos, but then you look over and these there's these girls just taking pictures, looking like they're having a grand old time, and then picture's over and they're back to, like, having no fun. And then I'll see that picture later that night, and I'll be like, oh, they were having so much fun tonight. I'll be like, wait, <laughs> I literally saw them take that picture. I was at that party. And I know it wasn't fun, but still, even though I know that, that picture is portraying that it was, like, I still believed the lie that they were having more fun and that they were having a perfect fun night. And I just want to, like, bring that up because I feel like that's a huge enticement to why we desire to drink and why we desire to go to these parties is because there's this false perception that these parties are, like, so fun and that these events are so fun when in reality a lot of the times they're not. And, like, I've seen the pictures being posted and, like, creating a false reality of what those events were like and it's very frustrating and I was getting really frustrated with it because I was like, are we all just trying to convince each other that we're all having fun when we know we're not, you know? Are we all trying to just make it look like we're on the end? And it was just such a toxic culture. And I was like, so frustrated. So yeah, but I still felt like I was missing out in some way because I still had that like belief within me that, oh, there has to be something better. There's a reason why people are still engaging in drinking and going out, you know? Like there's a reason why this is such a popular thing to do. I must still be missing it. So yeah, I just, I kept doing it. I kept looking for satisfaction in it and trying to get to the right places, the right events to have fun. And yeah, sometimes I did have fun, but again, it was that constant, well, maybe next time will be more fun. That hope that maybe next time, maybe next time, maybe next time. And so finally, one time I drank way, 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 way too much. And so I just went on this like three month, no alcohol, cold turkey for a little bit. Um, and at this point, this is like senior year also, I was super stressed because this is when we were deciding where we were going to go to college and I had no idea. And um, so yeah, for three months I was sober and God really just moved in that three months. He's like, oh, this is my opportunity, let's speak. And so um, at this point I was super um, in tune with God and I was like really pursuing after him. And uh, that's when he spoke to me about Australia and all these things. And so I was like, cool. And I committed to Australia. I applied all this stuff. Suddenly it was like fear came over me because I was like, oh my gosh, I've committed to go to Australia to pursue the Lord more. And like, this is my last season to drink because once I go to Australia, I'll never drink again because God has this rule that I can't drink. And so I was like, this is my last season to go crazy. And <laughs> I, that's what I did. And so, um, now it was like the pressure of getting it out of my system um, because I'll never get a drink again. And even better, um, during this time, a lot of my friends were now at college campuses. So I remember that this was like another really, really low, like condensed part of my life. Like very, very short amount of time, but very, very heavy, very low. I remember genuinely living for the weekends. And uh, I, so what I would do is I would be at home during the, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday night, I would leave to go to some college campus and party, and then I'd get back, and I'd be like, oh, like, just get through the week. And it was a very weird mindset to be in, to genuinely just not enjoy life and, unless I was partying or drunk. I was so confused about, you know, like, is God even something I want to pursue, or, like, am I missing out? And I was so scared that I would miss out on college and, you know, that, that experience that you're supposed to get in college, which is 
a lot of times we associate that with drinking. Am I missing out on that? And Am I missing out on a really fun aspect of life? And I was still believing the lie that being drunk and all that is like what life is about. Not, those are the most fun moments you can have, you know? Uh, and those are all lies. So I just want to remind you like that. This mindset was not biblical and this is not truth. It is possible to have more fun sober than drunk. And it is possible to have better conversations, deeper conversations when you're not drunk. God has so much more for us relationally, um, happiness wise, joy, joyfulness wise, you know, um, when we choose to honor him and, um, engage in relationship and just like, I guess stop believing the lie that there's a better party, there's a better event, there's a better, you just need to get to that point, you know, there's not. So one thing specifically that I really started struggling with in this season was guys. At this point, I was like, I, I really want to go out and feel that desire within me to get that attention and love from a guy. And that, that desire is in every single one of us. And when you mix that with alcohol, it can be very confusing and so you know I would dress up in my best outfit cutest outfit hoping a guy would notice me and I would go to these parties in a dingy basement and you know I, th I find that kind of on ironic like we all dress up and get super super nice to go stand in like the grossest basement ever and get really sweaty I don't know funny looking back on it then I was totally for it and um yeah I would just hope that a guy would notice me and uh and usually I would find someone and I had this like such a deep desire to like know people like that's where I thrive I don't know if you can tell I really like talking I really like getting to know people I didn't know that about myself because you know I had this fear of man this social anxiety over me that I thought that like I hated talking to people but then when I would get drunk it would like that would go away and like that would come out the desire to know people and to uh, have deep relationship with them so I didn't know that was like part of who I am it's kind of oblivious to it but it was and that would come out when I was drunk and so so I was so confused you know like I had this desire for deep relationship for relationship with a man and but the only way I could overcome that fear of man within me that social anxiety was if I was drinking so then I would drink and and then I would go seek after a man and you know for those short little minutes of when we were together it felt so real and it felt good and it felt like I was I got the attention and I got the love that I'd so truly desired but then in the morning it was so it was so hard because like I felt like I established a connection with those people and then in the morning you know it's like hey I called you an uber you know and there's nothing and you never talk to those people again I think a lot of times when we're drunk we're really riding off those in the moment feelings that they're in the moment they're not gonna last they're not gonna last until the next morning they're not gonna last a lifetime maybe there will if you're lucky you know those are rare situations but something I also noticed is like when we would talk a lot of times when you're drunk deep things come up and so because you're talking about deep things you feel like you know this person on a deeper level but and so you're like yeah I have a deep strong connection with this this person and this isn't just with guys and girls it's it's like with friend groups as well like when if you're with your friend group and you're only having deep discussions when you guys are drunk and so you feel really connected but then it's like how deep really is that connection if the only time you guys can talk about that kind of stuff is when you have alcohol in your system? I would say that's not a deep connection. If anything, it's a weak connection and the crutch is alcohol. And that is what a lot of my relationships looked like at that time. I thought I had deep connections with people because I knew these things about them and we shared these connections over drunk words, you know? And so I remember being extremely, extremely sad and depressed in this season because I was consistently like giving myself 
and then having that mean nothing and then giving myself and then having that mean nothing with different individuals and I would go home that week and be like okay this weekend I'll find someone else you know and it was this constant dissatisfaction also to anybody listening to this I'm trying to be as open as I can because I feel like this is a subject that needs to be talked about because I feel like on the surface level drinking partying getting with guys getting with girls is such a normalized thing but I really feel like everybody deep down has these feelings but nobody talks about them and so I want to talk about them and it might seem like I'm being like just too open or too I don't know whatever but I I feel like this is so important to be addressed so that you can know you're not alone in those feelings and you can see that there's something more if any guy out there is listening to this and like you were one of those guys uh that I met with on the weekend at one time at one point in time First of all, cool that you're here. Second of all, I just want to apologize and say I'm so, so sorry. You met me at a really confusing point in my life. Um, and I, I really, I, I would just ask for your forgiveness for misrepresenting and for misrepresenting like the heart of God for relationships and for connections like that. And yeah, totally. God has freed me. Totally new person. So if you want to meet up again, we can get a genuine sober coffee or something. Yeah, whatever. Love to hear from you. Anyways, that's the point I left at f- to Australia. I was I was super sad. I'd come like drank the weekend before and then I left for Australia. Whatever. Um, and in Australia, we we couldn't drink. There there were like no alcohol just because we know some people have a past of addiction and we don't want that to be a temptation so nobody's gonna drink so I didn't drink for six months and I didn't have a problem with that really but this was a season where that like fear of man really genuinely was like dealt with like God moved so much because he put me in this position where suddenly I was with a group of 50 people from all over the world different backgrounds and I had to find something to talk about I didn't initiate conversation because Otherwise, I wouldn't have friends. So I showed up and I was like super scared to talk to everyone. I remember I saw them sitting at a table and uh, they were all like, ta- I got in there like the morning after everyone had arrived. And so they all like knew each other, I thought. And so I saw them sitting at a table and I literally ran to the, my room and I like hid. And I was like, oh my God, this is so scary. What have I done? I've made a grand mistake. And because I got uncomfortable and like, was forced to deal with that issue with God. God was like, hey, I'm right here. There's no reason to fear these people. But because I I went through that, now it's like I can experience that freedom that I felt when I was drunk every single day, every moment. And I still struggle with it a little, but it's just reminding myself, hey, like there's literally no reason to fear another human being. But yeah, God really moved in that way in my life. And I I learned and, and grew in so many other areas uh, but when I came home, I had this expectation on myself where it was like, because I went to a six-month Christian thing, this is how I'm going to act. This is what my life is going to look like. You know, I had these expectations for myself that were not realistic. Um, and one of them was like, I'm not going to drink anymore. And here's the issue with that. I was never confronted in Australia uh, with the opportunity to drink. I never learned what a healthy boundary was with drinking. So I started drinking again and it started little. It started with like a tequila shot with my friends, but you know, the little compromises, you know, led to me being to a point where I was literally at the same position I was before I left for Australia, which I was just like binge drinking. And um, I remember the worst it was, was right before I left for my second Bible school um, on my birthday where 
you know, John B. was also around this summer again, so I rekindled that relationship, and then that relationship mixed with alcohol was just a wreck, um, and so that relationship got rekindled, and again, I was just back in bondage to all these things that I went away to Australia and thought I was, like, totally free from, but really, I just never dealt with because I was, it was, John B. wasn't brought up in Australia, he wasn't there, um, alcohol wasn't brought up in Australia, it, it wasn't something we could have the option to do, and so I came back, and I, stepped right back into these things because I was never able to process them. I came back home and I expe- I had all these expectations for myself, but I made no different choices to ensure that I would meet those expectations I had for myself. Like I did everything the same and I expected a different outcome. That is literally the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome, says Albert Einstein. Um, so yeah, ended up right back in the same situation and I was super disappointed. I was super sad, super confused. Like how could I how could I go away and come back and like step right back in? How could I end up here when I was supposed to go away to a three month Bible school, you know? Um, I felt so hypocritical and so so like sh- like shameful. And first of all, that is not how God that is not God speaking. God does not shame us. Um, he loves us and he's like, get back up, you are okay, you know, but I, I couldn't see that. I was so so caught up in like, I'm drinking again, I'm doing this again, this is so bad, oh my gosh, I'm breaking the rule, you know. So then, from there, that was my birthday in August, August 8th, and then everybody left for college, and I just, and then I left for Europe. I didn't even process really what happened, I just left, and I got to my BCC, my Bible core course school, where we were reading through the whole Bible in three months, and I was, I was again at a point where I was like, okay, if I can go away to a six-month Christian discipleship training school in Australia and still be here, like still end up where I did this summer, I don't know if God's real. And so God, you're gonna have to move in the, during this school and show me like that you're real and that I can change and that I can be free from these things, or like that's it. And I remember like crying. I was, I wrote this down in my journal. And I was crying because I was like, this is so scary because that means that if God doesn't show up in this time, I just wasted six months of my life and wasted a lot of my time, like, trying to pursue after this truth. And so I remember praying that and, oh my gosh, like, God moved so much. I don't know why I was scared he wouldn't because he always does and he's so faithful, but he moved so much. And I remember one of the first couple weeks of that school, he, he... he pointed right right away at those two things. He was like, John B and alcohol, we need we need to talk about. So I talked about the the John B part before on the truth about forgiveness, so you can go listen to hear what happened there. But um with the with alcohol, it was like we were reading and I finally could see God's true heart for me and alcohol. And for all of us in alcohol. And that is what we talked about earlier. Is that it's not that he doesn't that he didn't want me to have fun. It was that he didn't want me to experience all the bad things that I experienced when I was engaging in drinking. And I finally was just like, "Oh, that makes so much sense." It's like, yeah, all these things that happened to me when I was drinking, like you never wanted that. It became more of like I began to really understand the true character and nature of God and Jesus and like the love, the pure love of who Jesus was and is. And, like, when I understood that, then there was this, like, repentance and, like, all and reverence of, like, who am I that you would die for me and die for every sin that I committed my whole life 
And specifically, even within seasons when I was like pursuing after you and I was still going directly against your word and stepping out in things that I knew weren't good for me, yet you were still there. You were never, you were never um, shaming me. You were never like, fine, bye. You know, he was always there with an open hand, but it was me who was like, oh God, God doesn't like me. God, God whatever like I I was the one putting these boundaries between me and me and God but that was never God's attitude towards me in those moments when I was puking in those moments where I was with a guy in those moments where I was being the one that was like egging on the party like he he was like no Lindsay daughter like there's something more for you don't please don't but when I did he was like it's okay like come on I'm still here but in my mind the way I understood him was he was mad at me and um that was not truth. And when I realized that, when I realized his heart for me, like shift, like complete shift. And I was like, Lord, I love you. And I don't want this to come between me and you like anymore. And so I just decided like, I, I don't want to drink anymore unless you like give me a taste for alcohol because one, I hated the taste of alcohol. So I used to do this thing. People knew me as one and done Lindsay, where I would just like drink as much as I could so that I wouldn't have to drink the rest of the night. So like when I was drinking, I was drinking because to get drunk. So there was no reason for me to be like, well, I'll just have a few sips, whatever. Cause one, I didn't like the taste. Um, and two, I, I wasn't old. So I was like, if anything, I'm gonna abide by the law of the land um, and not drink until I'm 21. So I was like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna give this up until I'm 21. And if at that point in my life, you wanna give me like a liking for the taste of alcohol, cool. And I and then we'll start to establish our boundaries there. But until then, like I do not want this to come between me and you anymore. And now suddenly it's not like a rules thing. It's like I genuinely desire to honor the Lord in that way by not stepping into temptation. That is something that Jesus warns us about. He says, your hand, I, your hand like cause you to sin, cut it out. If alcohol causes you to sin, cut it out. It's not worth breaking off that relationship with, with God. And so that's the point I came to, even though I was in Europe, Europe and it was legal for me to drink, I didn't. Um, and I'm not going to say it's easy. Like I definitely have not been invited to things because I don't drink. And, um, I've had people literally beg me to be like, Lindsay, please drink. We want to see drunk Lindsay. And I'm like, that may, that's, I want to, please them and I want to drink but then again it's like no I have this commitment to the Lord and I honor his opinion and his and my relationship with him more and so now I'm 21 and I'm at this point where I'm starting to reconcile this relationship between me and this drink and that is something so beautiful about God is like he is a God of restoration and reconciliation and he has freed me of anything that any ties I have to this drink and now it's just a matter of like how can I honor you in this and out and like just figuring out what that looks like for me so now when I look back on everything that's happened really what I see is one God's protection over me the amount of times that I was at a party driving with alcohol in my system you know like all the things I did and I never was harmed in, an, in a very serious way. Like I just see God's protection over me during that time. But also um, I see how he was working in my life. Like when I went from high school drinking a lot to Australia, no drinking in that summer, that summer is just kind of like, okay, Lindsay, you've seen what life looks like with me in Australia and when you were in Malaysia. But you're not fully convinced, I wasn't. Um, 
And now you see again, you're reminded of what it's like, that, that summer coming home from Australia, you're reminded what it's like to live this life pursuing after alcohol, men, uh, satisfaction in the world. You see, you see, like you have a taste of both worlds, which one, you know? And then I finally understood the heart of God and it was like, duh, I choose you, God. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that looking back, God can turn any experience, no matter how negative, into something beautiful. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about God is like, he's not going to just let your horrible experiences be be horrible experiences. And so I really am thankful for those experiences because now I can connect and speak on it and speak to you guys and people that might be struggling with this subject and uh, this thing in their life. And um, I understand what it's like to be in that position and I have so much more sympathy I also have hope because I know Jesus freed me from it and is reconciling me with it. And so he can do that for you too. There's freedom in Jesus. Jesus died and rose again so that any imperfection that you have that has separated us from a holy God is forgiven and you are set free. And when we surrender and believe that he is who he said he was, there's freedom in him and it will change your life. So that's my story. That's where I am today with alcohol. And um, that's why. So that's all I have for you. Stay tuned for next week.